Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. Wagwan, everybody. Welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I'm coming at you from not-so-sunny Jamaica. We're a little bit rainy, a little bit cloudy today, a little bit thunderstormy. Um, it's funny, this is like, I feel like I've been speaking all day. I interviewed on a podcast, uh, spoke on a panel in England, uh, virtually of course, and then um, been recording a bunch of episodes this afternoon. And uh, in the, the conference in England, on the panel, they were asking uh, us to introduce ourselves before we kind of got into the Q&A. And so the, the person who introduced me, his name is Ian Henderson. I interviewed him on the podcast a while back. And, um, and Ian had said something to the effect of, you know, we actually have somebody who's coming to us all the way from Canada, because uh, obviously that's where I'm based. And so I, I just said, oh, thanks, Ian. It's so great to be here. As a matter of fact, I'm uh, you know, actually not in Canada. I'm in Jamaica. And everybody was just like, oh my gosh, whoa, Jamaica, that is so amazing. You know, they were like, just like couldn't, couldn't get over their minds, uh, get it over their minds that somebody was coming to them from Jamaica. And like the, the uh, host, Ian, like he must have made like nine references. Like every time he came to me with a question, he's like, you know, what do you think, Sathya? Other than the fact that, you know, obviously like living in Jamaica is great. What do you think about uh, what pastors should be doing to get free of porn or, you know, whatever it was. Um, so anyways, it was just hilarious. Like I think people are just enthralled with that a little bit. So anyways, having fun with that. And I'm actually going to do an episode next week about some of the adjustments that I've had to make in Jamaica. And, you know, they're just little things, but, um, you know, just things that you maybe don't really think about until you kind of move here. And just... I'm, I'm just, I'm constantly amazed at the brain. Like the brain can just learn so quickly. And so I've had to make some, some I would say they're major adaptations to everyday living. Um, and I'll, I'll give you a little teaser. One of them is driving on the left side of the road. So we have a, a car here and, um, you know, you don't get like a driving instructor, right? You just, you get the car and then you start driving it and everybody's driving on the other side of the road and now the steering wheel is on the right side of the vehicle and, you know, your spatial awareness of where your vehicle is, is now completely uh, opposite and it's just fascinating. And um, I've learned a lot about recovery through some of the principles that I've applied, even just learning how to drive here and some other things. So anyways, going to talk about that next week. I'm having fun in Jamaica. That's the bottom line. Um, I, uh, I used that example with Ian from um, the P Word conference intentionally. Because the, the P Word Conference um, has this special emphasis on really equipping leaders in the realm of pornography and healthy sexuality and everything else. And I love what they're doing so much. I mean, the more I find out about these organizations, the more I'm just like, oh, Jesus, thank you for, you know, other people who are in this space and, and doing such a good work. Um, I, I spoke on the panel this morning and just instantly knew I had to do a podcast episode about the subject matter. 
And it's funny, I spoke on a podcast episode right before I left for Canada, like mid-September. That podcast hasn't been launched yet, so I think that episode will come out later, but it was a video podcast. It was a really cool experience for me, just being in a you know podcast studio, and the interview was phenomenal. And we got talking about this a little bit, about pastors and... Um, you know, why are people struggling in the church and what, what are pastors supposed to do to help their church and what if pastors are struggling and, you know, it's just a very complicated subject and I wanted to do a special episode for pastors. So if you are a pastor, I highly encourage you to listen to this or if you have a pastor, you should listen to this as well because this is really going to give you some insights into what it's like to be a pastor and to struggle with porn and what it's like to be a pastor who is walking other people in their recovery through pornography. Those are uh, two different experiences that I've had in different seasons of my life. So let me just start with my own story. I grew up in a pastor's home and that meant that, you know, there's certain expectations of you as a pastor's kid. So I kind of grew up with that. So grew up in a pastor's home, um, got exposed to porn when I was 11, struggled in high school, got addicted in college and, you know, found freedom in sort of my mid twenties. That's the story in a bit of a nutshell. Part of my story and part of my recovery was a process called inner healing. And when I really got into inner healing, I was training to become a pastor. So I hadn't become one yet, but I wanted to. And inner healing saved my life. Oh my gosh. It just, it honestly had such a notable impact on my sense of self, um, you know, recovering from wounds of the past, all that kind of stuff. And we integrate a lot of what I've learned through inner healing in the program here today with Deep Clean. So inner healing was just monumental for me, really, really impactful, cannot recommend it enough. I really, um, I guess what, what really scared me when I went through inner healing was to think that I could be a pastor and struggle with porn. That hadn't really crossed my mind until I realized that if inner healing processes didn't fix what was going on, um, I was going to get launched into ministry and I was going to be unprepared. Now, I actually got free of porn um, in one of my ministry, like in my ministry training and went about eight months afterwards before having a relapse. So I, I struggled with porn as a pastor. And prior to that, I hadn't worked full time as a pastor before, but I worked part time and I struggled with porn throughout a lot of that. So, you know, just dealt with leading worship on a Sunday, um, but knowing that I still had this problem or showing up to young adults and um, being seen as a very strong spiritual man. And I was but I had this, this issue in my life. Um, so I had that kind of experience myself. But um, the reason I brought this up is because when I was starting to explore some of the generational impact on my poor sexual decisions to watch porn and masturbate and everything else, um, in a conversation with my dad, he just very softly kind of said that he struggled with it as well. And he wanted to talk to me about it or he wanted me to know that about him um, so that when I was, you know, clearing some of the, the generational gunk um, that I was aware of what was going on. And, and, you know, that was a big step for my dad. I could tell that wasn't easy, but I honestly, I was very grateful. And I had opened up to him about struggling with porn at that point in my life. And so he was, you know, aware that I was working through it. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful he, he confided in me. I, I, I really cherished it and it, it did help me in sort of dismantling some of the generational aspects of porn and, and some of my other struggles. 
All of this is to say is that I, I understand a few different angles here of what it's like to be a pastor struggling, uh, what it's like to be impacted by a pastor who's struggling. In this case, it was my dad. And now, having worked with people um, who are pastors or who are leading people that are struggling, um, I'm seeing a lot of different angles here. And so I, I wanted to talk to pastors about it um, because I, I think there's some important things that we need to really think about in this arena of, of sexual freedom. Um, I, I often use this metaphor to sort of describe the dynamic that exists in churches because, you know, a lot of people ask like, okay, we know people in the church are struggling and, you know, the stats aren't really any better outside of the church or inside of the church rather. So why are they struggling? Like if people have the gospel and they have Jesus, surely they should be getting free. And I mean, you know, we're all works in progress. So I think that that in of itself is like, look, the mandate of the church is not to be perfect. <laughs> the mandate of the church is to reflect Jesus. We're to become the broad, body, uh, pardon me, the bride of Christ and the body of Christ as, as best as we possibly can. Um, and yeah, we should be aiming towards um, the standards and, and really the, the nature of Christ. But we're not perfect. So there are going to be some blemishes along the way. But I do personally believe, and I say this from personal experience, um, you know, wearing the different hats that I've worn, as I mentioned, I personally believe the biggest reason the church is struggling is because of pastors. Now, that's going to sound really harsh, like, oh, Sathya, you're anti-pastor, or, you know, maybe you became jaded from your experience and now you're just taking it out. It's not like that at all. Um, Allow me to explain. Um, Pastors are often equated as shepherds, right? Shepherds of their flock, so to speak. The flock being their congregant, their congregants. So you have pastors leading congregants. You have shepherds leading their flock. And God has entrusted everyone, every pastor rather, with a pasture. Okay, like a, an area of land that they are to occupy where their sheep feed and whatever else. And, you know, pastors, um, shepherds will bring in other shepherds to lead the flock from time to time. You know, a guest preacher here or there. You know, everything's done in mind with the best interest of the sheep. That is the responsibility of the shepherd. He must always guard and protect and nurture and strengthen the flock. And every pastor, doesn't matter what God has entrusted the pastor with, but every pastor, I hope you can hear the difference in the words. Sorry, they're so similar. Every pastor has been entrusted with a pastor. But regardless of where your pastor is, there is is a pastor that every single area is touching. Every single pastor, in theory, should access this pastor. It's called sexual integrity. It's called sexual health. It's called sexual wholeness. And a lot of pastors want to take their sheep to that pastor but they can't because they don't have the keys to access it themselves. And I believe one of the reasons that congregants are struggling so much, that your everyday churchgoers are struggling, is because pastors don't know how to handle this subject or pastors are struggling themselves or both. And what we're finding is that, um, and I forget, this was in an a interview I did recently. I think it was with Steve Sonderman. That's episode 136 coming out at the end of October. 
Steve said that there was a, st- a statistic. They, they surveyed a bunch of uh, men and they asked them, what is the, why do you not come to church? Like, what's the reason? Because the demographics in church are actually quite interesting. Like, it's very male um, void. You know, like it's predominantly women who are really attending and participating in local church activities. And so they did this survey to try to understand why is that. And the number one reason that men do not attend church is relevancy. They do not believe that what church offers them is relevant. And in this context of you know, sexuality and pornography and marriage and everything else, we are not having enough conversations, I believe, about it. Now, when I say conversations, what I actually mean are messages from the pulpit and the offering of services for those who are struggling and looking to you know, grow in these areas and experience some kind of breakthrough or freedom. We're not having the conversations enough and it's shooting us in the foot as a result. So I believe that is, that is probably where the first error lies. It's where the first mistake lies that a lot of pastors are making. They're just not willing to go there. Now, there's two reasons. One, it's uncomfortable and it's awkward and maybe you know pastors themselves were kind of taught to avoid those subjects. But number two, it's because pastors are struggling. And so when a pastor is struggling himself, then uh, I, I just know for me, when I was a pastor, I, I had a hard time talking about this stuff. I, I, was, I, I knew it was important, and I talked about the areas that I could handle. But then when it came to porn and masturbation, it was like, well, if I really talk about the standards of God, then I'm a hypocrite because I don't have this thing figured out, and I'm making mistakes here on a regular basis. So am I still supposed to talk about it? You know, we, we don't know sometimes as pastors like, where's the line here? What's appropriate and what's not? What am I allowed to do? What am I not allowed to do? And then of course, the other risk is that if a pastor was really to be upfront about his struggle, he may lose his job depending on the, the governing body's stance on these matters. So you have a myriad of issues that prevent pastors from really going to the places they need to go so they can lead their flock to those same places of sexual health, wholeness, and integrity. So if you're a pastor, I just want to let you know, well, yes, there is a great weight you carry on your shoulders for leading your flock to those realms of sexual wholeness and integrity. I get it. I know it's hard, and I know that it's not as simple as just saying, well, pastors need to get the help they deserve, and if they get the help they deserve, they're going to be able to lead their flock. That is true, but I just know that there's other nuances to this equation that we have to consider. Now, when you're a pastor, it is very hard to find meaningful social relationships because most of the connections that you build are with, um, they're with colleagues, so other peers, which is fine, but they're colleagues. And if somebody worked in a corporate nine to five, we wouldn't expect them to be best friends with everybody on their floor. We would understand that they might have some friends um, you know, from work, but they're going to have friends from other places of their life. But for a pastor, when you have spiritual authority in people's lives, it becomes very all-encompassing. And it means that you're seen a certain way when you go to a sports game or you know, when you join a, a sports league you know, and you play soccer or whatever it is, people see you differently when they know you, that you're the pastor. And similarly, even amongst friends, friends that maybe you have from university or other arenas of life, they see you a certain way if you're a pastor. 
And the requirement, and this, this is what I want to encourage pastors with, if, if you find that difficult, it's hard to open up about anything, let alone a struggle with porn, if you're finding it to be challenging or difficult, my encouragement to you is to find one person and start sharing with them. One person that, that can be a friend, a sounding board. And you know what? You might have to pay for it. You might have to pay and go get a therapist. But pastors, we need safe outlets to get started on this journey. We are not going to experience the level of inner transformation that the gospel promises us if, if we don't first find safe places where we can be transparent about the struggles of our life. You have to bite the bullet. So when I worked full-time as a pastor, I actually had a friend that I spoke with every week. And the rule was I could talk to him about anything. All of the dirty thoughts, all of the temptations, all of the frustrations and the struggles. And I talked to him every week. And that was the rule. That was it. He was allowed to question me. He was allowed to interrogate me if he needed to. And, and he was also allowed to support me and just be a listening voice. And most times, he, that's exactly what he was. He was the sounding board I needed. But occasionally, he would ask questions. Hey, that, that sounds like it needs some more attention. Or this doesn't sound right. Like, did you really tell me the truth there? Is there anything else that you haven't told me? We need people like this in our life. And look, he was one person. And I mean, I had, you know, thousands of friends on Facebook and I would go to churches and people would know who I was right away. In fact, I remember one time I, I went to go, um, not to speak somewhere, I went to go attend a young adult service at, at a church in a city that was about an hour away from where I lived. And really, I just wanted to go to receive because everywhere I went, people were pulling on me. You know, they, they wanted me to pray for them or they were asking for advice or even just the fact that they recognized me sometimes became a little bit draining and I didn't feel like I could fully let my guard down. So I just wanted to go somewhere where, you know, I could kind of be myself. I could just sit in the back, quietly receive and then walk out. And as soon as I sat down, Somebody just caught, I caught their attention, you know, just out of the corner of their eye. And they looked at me and they're like, oh my gosh, are you Sathya? I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, it, it can get really challenging to just find one place, even just one place where you can totally, you know, let your hair down, be your true self and not be judged for it or evaluated for it but there are places to do it. Now, if you don't have a friend, if you don't want a therapist, you can look into one of our programs as well. As a matter of fact, we have a bunch of pastors who are in our programs. Um, they understand that everything is held in strict confidentiality and that you know there, there's, there's sort of a code here as far as how information is shared and everything else. And you know, some pastors don't even really let the group know that they are pastors. I'm fine with that. But the point is there are ways for you to find the help you need. Now, um, the other thing I want to encourage you as pastors, remember that if you can be the bottleneck, you can also be the gateway. So if, if in your struggle right now, you might be limiting your congregation from getting their help, I want you to imagine the kind of help that you can lead them into if you were to get the help that you need. See, if you heal, so does the congregation. You become the, the, the ceiling. And as the ceiling gets higher and higher because you grow and you develop and you experience more freedom, then so too do your congregants and maybe some of the other people that are following you and looking up to you in their lives. And so I want to end here just with a subtle reminder as a pastor that yes, there is a responsibility, but there's an equal measure of opportunity. And if you really seek out the help that you deserve, 
you will be amazed at what God does in your life and what he can do in the lives of those who follow you. And, you know, I'll just say this. My, some of the greatest results that we get from Deep Clean are with pastors. That's the honest truth. They, they, it's because pastors, um, I think, really understand the biblical precepts that really govern freedom. And I think when pastors are really motivated, when they really put their minds to something, they can do it. So um, if you're really looking for help, you can definitely reach out. Uh, we have information about our programs here in the, um, in the show notes. And the last thing I'll say is if you're not a pastor, but you have one, okay, and maybe somebody you really look up to, share this episode with them, okay? Let, let them know. Make sure that they can get the help that they deserve. And secondly, pray for them. Pray that, that God would give them the resources and the people they need so they can become sexually whole, so that they can help their congregation walk in sexual wholeness as well. And lastly, um, be very, very slow to judge your pastor. I think um, sometimes as congregants, we can be very quick to just kind of jump at, oh, well, our pastor should do this, they should do that. And I regularly, uh, regularly remind my friends and other loved ones who I think sometimes are a bit too harsh on their pastors, I remind them, hey, these are people, they're doing their best. Um, it's not always easy for them. You don't know what it's like to be on their side. Let's cut them some slack here and let's try to extend some mercy that they probably aren't getting in a lot of places. So just remember that if you're dealing with your pastor, um, they deserve some grace and some mercy. They're probably not getting it very much either. And um, your kind word, uh, your choice to love them amidst their difficulties, it can really mean a lot to them. It can go a long way. Hey, thank you so much for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. As I mentioned, if you're looking to get some help with a porn addiction, you want to be part of a program, you want to join a community of guys from around the world who are achieving freedom and finding ways not only to experience it, but to preserve it long-term, you can book a free strategy call with me just using the link in the show notes. And if maybe you're not quite there, you're like, okay, Sophia, that's great. Um, I'm not quite ready for that. Maybe I'll get there one day, but I'd love to get some more resources. Uh, for starters, you can subscribe to this podcast. That goes a long way. Um, but secondly, you can download my free ebook. It's the Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery, and it's available at ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope today's episode helps you live your life with confidence and integrity. Have an amazing day, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.